So, uh, I want to speak to you this morning uh, on this subject of making change. And uh, as I was preparing this message, it kind of felt God lead me to a particular passage of Scripture that you're going to see up on the screen behind me. Uh, actually, it's not a screen anymore. It's a wall. You're going to see it on the wall behind me. And uh, I'm just going to read it to you. It's from Matthew 5. And uh, so, Jesus is, is speaking this. And he says, you have heard the law that says... The punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. I want to talk to you this morning about being a blessing. The blessing of God always overcomes the curse. Jesus, in this passage is helping us to understand how powerful a blessing can be. And he's helping us to grasp how the generosity of spirit can make change in the world. Okay, here we go. Why did Jesus use these slightly extreme stories to talk about this? We're going to talk about each one of them. So the first one was the slap. We're going to talk about the slap for a moment. Jesus talked about this. He said this. He said, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other also. Now, what you have to understand, in Middle Eastern culture, the slap is about the most uh, disrespectful, dishonoring thing you can do. It's a real act that shames a person. Now, there's a couple of reasons for this. He said, if you are slapped on the right cheek. Now, to be slapped on the right cheek would usually mean it were a left-handed slap. And in Middle Eastern culture, the left hand is symbolic or represents everything you would do in the toilet. It's your, if you like, bathing hand. It's your, I'm trying to find a nice way of saying it but it's the hand you wipe your bum with, okay? It's, it's not, the, it's not it, this hand in Middle Eastern culture is reserved for the bathroom. And so Jesus used this term, the right cheek, because to be slapped with a hand that you use to wipe your bum with is about as humiliating in Middle Eastern culture as you could possibly get. And Jesus says, in response to a humiliation and shame, do not resist it. By resist, he means do not meet it with likewise response. Don't slap back. Instead, offer the other cheek also. Offer the other cheek also. In other words, 
bless. Don't meet a curse with a curse. Don't take revenge. If we live in such a way that when we are humiliated, when we are accused, when things are said about us, slander, when, when all manner of things are thrown at us, if we meet them eye for eye, tooth for tooth, nothing in this world will ever change. You have to understand that. That's, now, that's true on a personal level. It's also true for nations, and it's true for all manner of things that happen in this world, that if we take the view that the way to overcome a curse is to just curse back or curse harder, nothing will ever change. And Jesus said this, if someone humiliates you, offer the other cheek also. Jesus, I think, was speaking about a generosity of spirit that sees past the offense to seek to change the heart of the person who has just, has just slapped you. You understand that? He's, say, he's saying, like, see past the offense and the shame and the sense of injustice and probably the anger that would rise up within you if somebody just publicly humiliated you. See past that. See the heart of the person and seek to bless them. And the blessing overcomes the curse. And that person will go away and very often they will not be able to grasp why they have received a blessing. And it can have a transformative effect on a person. Generosity, the blessing of God, overcomes the curse. We're not very good at this. We prefer eye for eye and tooth for a tooth. Someone hits me, I want to hit them back, right? Someone humiliates me, I want to find every reason to show why they're no good either. If somebody, if somebody slanders me, I, I want to, well, I'm, I know some things I can share about, you know. This is what happens. And nothing changes when you meet the curse with a curse. It certainly doesn't make us more like children of heaven. Jesus says, no, no, no. Meet the curse with a blessing. Let's look at the second illustration that Jesus used. Being served. Not being served in the good way. Being served as in, you're coming to court with me. Okay? So he said this, if you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat to in Middle Eastern culture, and I think it's the same here, but maybe not to the same level, it was again for a person to be taken to court a massive, monumental humiliation to be taken to court in Middle Eastern culture. Now it happens so often, doesn't it, in our country to be taken to court. I'm not sure it has quite the same level of status affecting kind of change. But in Middle Eastern culture, to be taken to court was a humiliation on another level. You have to look at this essentially as well and say there's two real things why this is humiliating. Number one, Jesus says if they sue you for your shirt, 
This means this person already doesn't have very much to give. This person is not wealthy or they'd be sued for their money. So this person is already down. This person's down and out and then is being sued. Secondly, to take off your shirt would be to be naked before people. To be naked before people. Jesus is going, look, this person, they, are, they will literally not even have the clothes on their back because of the humiliation and the act of being sued and taken to court for your shirt. And Jesus said, give your coat too. Now, why, why give your coat to? Well, the coat, in again, Middle Eastern uh, culture, the coat wasn't just a coat. It was also your sleeping bag. You put everything in it that you carry around with you. Jesus is saying to them, don't just give your shirt. Give everything you've got. Meet the humiliation by humbling yourself further. Meet the curse with an act of generosity that will so astound the evil person that is trying to hit you while you're down in such a way it might actually make change in their very heart. Can you see? Jesus is not just using three off-the-top-of-his-head illustrations. These are thought through. These are about as humiliating as you can get. And Jesus is saying, you, 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 can, try, you can meet that with another curse, or you can be the kind of person that makes change. And you'll make change with a generosity of spirit that doesn't meet, resist force with force or curse with curse, but with blessing. Let's look at the third and final one. The bully. The bully. If a soldier demands, say demands. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. It were quite common for this to happen, actually, in, in Middle Eastern culture. Soldiers were allowed to use people. They could use their position. They could use their authority. They could threaten people to do things for them. Now, that in itself would have been bad enough for a person to be threatened and bullied into doing something for someone else. But what made it even more humiliating was that the Romans often, more often than not, employed people from the nations they conquered. These weren't Italians marching around the streets of Galilee and Jerusalem. These would have been Jews that had been employed by the Roman army and therefore, as far as the rest of the Jews were concerned, were the most traitorous individuals there were. So for a fellow citizen to put on a Roman uniform and then demand you to carry their bag, I tell you what now, it, I, I could have done the other two, but this one, oh. You'd want to smack them. You went to school with that kid, and that kid is now using his uniform to get you to carry his back. Do you, do you understand? Jesus is using these, these analogies to help you understand how infuriating and how humiliating these things were. And yet Jesus keeps coming back to this and says, if they demand you carry their gear for a mile, I tell you what, carry it two miles. Do better. 
Never resist an evil person. Never meet curse with curse. Live so generously that you'll meet that curse with a blessing. Bless the hand that slaps you. Bless the unmerciful accuser. Bless the bully that intimidates you. This is about a life of generosity. Now, I spoke to you last week about money. We talked about giving. And sometimes even that we find hard. We find it hard to give financially and to take those steps of faith. I think actually that's easy compared to this. Actually, when we give to God and we live by faith and we trust God and we put into the offering, there is faith in that. Sometimes that takes real courage and conviction. But when somebody is in your face and you've got to respond with a blessing, oh, that's hard. That's really hard. I just want to get angry. I just want to have a go at that person. I just want to, you know. And yet Jesus says, live so unoffendable. Live unoffendable. So unoffendable that if someone humiliates you, you're okay to humiliate yourself further. You can humiliate me if you like. I'll humble myself even more than you're humiliating me. And I'll bless you back. Only then will we see change. Jesus' followers are to be change makers. We won't make change unless we live like Jesus lived. How did Jesus do it? The Bible tells us that his accusers took him to the cross and murdered him on the cross. And Jesus said from the cross before he died, forgive them, Lord, for they do not know what they're doing. Jesus didn't just say these words. He lived them out, didn't he? He forgave the very ones that were spearing him, nailing him, spitting on him, humiliating him, and crucifying him. Can you just understand, Jesus wasn't just saying a lot of good stuff here. He embodied the miracle, I think, of forgiveness and, and being unoffendable. Jesus refused to be offended by people. How are we, sometimes we're so too easily offended, aren't we? The smallest thing, and we're offended. We take offense so quickly and so easily. Jesus said, don't just be humiliated, humiliate yourself, and then you'll never be offended. If that's the worst you can throw at me, believe me, I can throw even worse at me. I'm worse than you think I am. If you think I'm that bad, that's probably true, and I'm probably worse. I'm, I, that's not offending me. Do you know you can't offend a dead person? The Bible tells us that in Christ, we have died to our old life, and we are now alive in Christ and new people. You can offend the old me, but the new me is being shaped like Jesus Christ. The, the new me is eternal. The new me is full of the Holy Spirit. The new me is going places. So what you're, if you're saying that stuff to me, well, that's, you're saying it to the old me, but the new me, you can't offend the new me. So listen, people are going to say stuff. Things are going to happen. But to the Christian that truly seeks to follow the words and lifestyle of Jesus Christ, 
we're to meet every curse with a blessing. You feel like re retaliating, right? Suck that thing up and then give a blessing. You feel like shouting back, push that thing down, give them a gift. Someone demands something of you that you don't think they have a right to demand of you. Oh. Moan to Jesus and then give them twice as much. That's what Jesus is saying. Be a blessing. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 11, 24 and 25, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Make it a lifestyle, guys. Let's be a church that make it a lifestyle to be a blessing. Yeah? Let's, be, let's, let's not live like the world live on this stuff. Let's not react like the world react on this stuff. Let's be different. Let's make change by being the people that don't just bless our friends, but bless our enemies also. We don't just bless people we like. We bless people who actually are a pain in places. Let's not just... Let's just not be people that are like everybody else, but let, let's be like, let's be good and then some. Then we'll make change. I always remember the story of David Wilkerson of the cross and the switchblade. I don't know if you've heard that story. But in the cross and the switchblade, David Wilkerson was really a, just a young man who lived in the countryside in America. He, he'd not been to the big city before. He'd not been to the big city before. He, he didn't really have any experience of city living. But in church one day, he felt God tell him to go to New York. And so he moved. And he moved to New York. And he had a heart to reach out to gangs in the streets of New York. And uh, he bumped into a gang. They were a particularly vicious gang. And they had committed a, a whole range of crimes, not uh, not nice people. They were murderers. Their, their testimony tells us that they would often abduct people and rape them. They were very, very nasty people. And David Wilkerson went to them and they mocked him for his faith. They laughed at him. And he kept going back. And he kept going back to them. And they got frustrated with him. Until one day, the leader of this gang, his name was Nicky Cruz. And Nicky Cruz took him by the, the scruff of the neck. And he held him up against the wall. And he put a knife to his throat. And he said, you need to stop coming here and telling us about Jesus. Or words to that effect. And Dave Wilkerson, he just said, said, you could cut me into pieces with that knife if you want, but every piece will scream, I love you.
You see, we'll only make change when we refuse to hit back, take revenge, slander the slanderers, curse the cursers. It's only when we forgive, it's only when we die to ourselves that we will live free. So the person that lives with offense, bitterness comes. And bitterness eats you up more than it hurts the other person. Bitterness does you no good. But if you can release that to Jesus, the Holy Spirit can free you from offense and cause you to live in such generosity that it will astound your accuser. It will astound those that have hurt you. And it may just make some change. Jesus' advice was give your cheek, give your cloak, give another mile. Give, give, give. Generosity can change the world. It is not limited to putting some pennies in the offering bucket. That's not what generosity is. That's, that's a small part of what we mean by living generous. Living generous is about freely forgiving, freely serving, freely loving, freely encouraging. And only, I think, when that spirit of generosity grabs hold of our lives, will we, like Dave Wilkerson, like Jesus Christ, and like so many have gone before us, only then will we break through this harsh world and sow some good seed that may just create some great change. Let's pray. Oh, heavy, you conquer.